Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The City Speaks. I'm your host, Spark City, as always, back with another YouTube content. And this week's topic is going to be about trophy hunting. Um, not, I'm not, I don't want to be so dramatic as to say like the state of trophy hunting, but it's definitely, we're definitely going to be talking about trophy hunting today. Um, and, and I think there's some stuff to glean on this in terms of the ways that you can solve potential problems in communities and stuff. And there will be a large part of this that's, you know, sort of runs in tandem with our gatekeeping conversation from last week. So back in the beginning, achievements were the first system. As far as I know, the, the trophy system that we know now on PlayStation, I believe started as the achievement system on Xbox. And, uh, back in the day, the Xbox 360 required developers to have achievements for their games. PlayStation didn't start doing this until about 2008, I want to say. I think it was sometime around that that Sony started enforcing that all games have to have platinums. Or all games have to have trophies, which is an important distinction. Um, so back in the day, you would have full-length games that had platinum trophies. You know, God of War, Rock Band 2, some of my first ones. Skyrim. Uh, and then you would have games that were kind of shorter. For example, the first Spelunky that was on console. Spelunky, I believe it's called Spelunky HD. Um, didn't have a platinum. It just had a gold trophy and a couple of bronzes and maybe a silver or two. Um, and that's the way it was for a long time. Um, and nowadays, if you if you sort of just jump from that period to the early 2010s to, to now, there's been a recent sort of glut. I don't want to say epidemic because that's probably not the right word to be using at this time, but uh, there, was a there was kind of a glut, a somewhat recent glut over the last year or two. There was a game that came out called My Name is Mayo. And essentially, it was the game's goal was just to give you a platinum trophy. It was a game where there was a mayo jar, you had one button, you poked the mayo jar, and when you poked it 10,000 times, you would get your platinum trophy. Like, over the course of those 10,000 pokes, trophies would slowly unlock. Um, and it was a joke. Like, it was one of those games where the developer was like, haha, look at this, I made it super easy to get a platinum trophy. Um, and people, I don't think people really enjoyed it back then in the trophy hunting community, but it was a nice way to get a free platinum if you were getting into it. Um, and now games, there are a ton of games out there and they get released in droves every week, you know, a dozen or so titles. It feels like every, every week they pop up like smallpox where it takes 30 seconds to get the platinum or five minutes or something like that. Or the jumping food games are kind of my most, uh, my go-to example for this because they are literally asset swaps of each other. There's like jumping fries, jumping burrito, jumping chicken wings, jumping all this stuff. And all it is, it's a food item in the middle of the table with the background and the background can sometimes change the table usually stays the same and the food item changes between these games and all you do is you hold x the food bounces and after five minutes you've gotten all the trophies in the game and the platinum and so these games are extremely popular uh among some trophy hunters especially on the leaderboards where you know it's easy to crank out a bunch of these in a day and boost your platinum count um, and so there are a lot of people, uh, myself included, who don't really enjoy this style of trophy hunting. Where I differ from a lot of people who don't enjoy it is that, like, a lot of people call for it, this to be banned or this to be outlawed because, you know, it's antithetical to what trophy hunting started as. And you could definitely say, like, in, in the early 2000s or the late 2000s, I guess, um, achievements in trophy hunting were sort of about going above and beyond, you know? You'd always get some portion of achievements and trophies from just playing through the game like you normally would, but you wouldn't get all of them most of the time. And with these games, you know, it's it's free. Like, it's legit. Well, it's not free. The games cost money. But, you know, they cost about $2. takes you five minutes. You can get a platinum. Oh, and there's also turbo editions of the jumping food games where it costs $4 and it takes half as long and you get the platinum. And people pay money for this. And some of these games, you know, to the developer's credit, they realized that with minimal effort, they could get thousands of people to buy the game just for the sake of getting the trophies. Like, some of these games have, you know, we looked at it on stream the other day, two to 3,000 people. For reference... A game that I really like called Chariot, which is like a cute little co-op indie puzzle platformer, physics-based, where it centers around like, you know, you're escorting your dead dad with your uh, with your husband, 
and trying to find like a, a sepulcher for him to rest his spirit in that game had like a lot of heart and polish and it was fun and it was cute and the writing was silly voice acting was good and uh and that game is like 2000 owners on the website that i use psnprofiles.com and so that obviously you know it kind of bums me out that people won't buy games they'll just buy games for that but at the end of the day like it's their choice it's their money and these games are available and i think the sort of misguided thing about saying like we should ban all these games and they're called shovelware or easy peasy trophies but i call them shovelware and most people call them shovelware because that's what they are um i think the the issue with trying to ban these outright is that like there's always been a very very dense gradient that's been very well colored in it's not a sparse gradient of games from difficulty to platinum you have games like crypt of the necro dancer that has like maybe five people in the world have that platinum or something like some astronomically low or infinitesimally small number has the platinum for that game um and they, because it's very hard and it takes a long time and then you have all the way down to these new you know these new sort of five minute trophy grabs and you can look at that and say like well this is an extreme example but there's always stuff in between there like even back in the early 2010s telltale games kind of figured out that they were like wait well what if we just what if we just make playing through the game what you need to do to get the platinum you no longer need to go above and beyond you just need to play our walking simulator and then you have games like hoa night lights artful escape Gree, like all these like two hour games that have platinums that back in 10 years ago or so would have just been like one gold a couple bronzes a couple silvers and wouldn't have had a platinum but now they have platinum trophies because i don't know if sony's like said that's fine now or if there were rules against it but either way developers have realized that they can do this and it will move more units sometimes thousands of more units and why would you not take that extra step and and make your game get into that many more hands obviously it's a good move by the devs a good business move um so people feel like this is antithetical to trophy hunting for these five minute games but walking sims and stuff like that the line where that you'd have to draw to ban these games feels so arbitrary because there's always going to be a game that's like you're going to ban five minute plats what about 10 minute plats what about 30 minute plats what about plats to take five hours but you just have to hold forward and press x how is that different from having to make some food jump around for a bit you know and really like yeah there's a story yes in some of the games i listed you have to use your brain for a little bit but when you start basing what you're banning on subjective stuff especially with a community as big as trophy hunting like trophy hunting is niche don't get me wrong um but there's 4.7 million registered users on psn profiles and even if you want to assume like super conservative estimate that only five percent of those users are active in any form or way that's still 200,000 people for it to put it into perspective fall guys hasn't had over 5,000 concurrent players on steam in months even with the release of the new season the new season will come up It'll go up to like 8,000 and it'll go back down to two or 3,000. On Twitch, there's not that many people watching at any given time if there's no like Twitch Rivals event or anything. So it's it's one of those interesting cases where like when you start to look at just subjective stuff like, oh, well, this game is too easy for a Platinum, where do you, where do you stop? And like I said, it's not like there's a big gulf between like these shitty shovelware games and the next easiest game, you know? There are shovelware games all the way up to the hour mark that are still super easy, I played one uh, just yesterday because I wrote, spun a one on my wheel of, of difficulty that I needed to attempt. And I, I have one to 10 based on the guides of the games. And uh, I rolled a one. And this, <laughs> this has made me say that I'm not going to be doing any more ones because I spent four bucks on a game, played it for 38 minutes, got a platinum and never playing it again. It's just not worth it for me. I don't want that kind of stuff in my, in my collection personally. But I don't care if other people want to do that this way. I think the, the, the nature of the issue is that the leaderboard only caters to bulk collection. 
And I'll get into this in a minute because I have a few more points I want to make about the arbitrariness. So I've talked about, you know, arbitrarily banning skill and or, or base, banning stuff based on skill. You know, like this trophy's too easy, you know, shouldn't be a platinum, shouldn't count. There are people, plenty of people, who will take that position and then they will use other mechanics that are probably not intended in an effort to streamline their own trophy hunting process. So uh, a really major one that happens all the time since the PS5 era is auto-popping. And what that is, is most games coming out now have a PS4 and a PS5 version. And if you have a PS5, you can download both versions because, you know, it's backwards compatible. So what you do is you download the PS4 version of, say, Ghost of Tsushima. You have to get the Platinum legitimately there. You spend your 40 hours or whatever. And then you download the PS5 version, load your save data, because you can do that, and it'll pop most, if not all, of the trophies for you again. So you had to do it legit the first time, but then you completely crapped out on it the second time. But you're saying that somehow these five-minute Platinums are not allowed when you literally spent 30 seconds to get a new Platinum. It doesn't make any sense. You're still... Everybody's trying to do the same thing because the leaderboard is so geared towards bulk collection. Everybody's trying to find the most efficient route. And it seems very unfair to me to say, like, this type of game doesn't count. This type of, you know, it only takes you five minutes, so how could that be possibly worth a trophy? But then defend auto-popping as a completely legitimate practice. They're both legitimate. They're both available. They're both developer-intended in a lot of cases. Otherwise, it wouldn't work like that. Um, so I think you kind of have to accept both of them. Region swapping is another one where, especially with these shovelware games, a game will come out for North America, Europe, and then any mix of, of Asian countries like Japan, China, Hong Kong, um, you know, some South Asian countries. And sometimes you just have a straight up Asian release, which I don't know how that works, but here we are. And I think, you know, this is a little bit more legitimate because you have to earn each trophy. Like here, you can't like import your save cross region as far as I know. So you still have to like hot swap your PlayStation's region, buy the game again, and then play it again. But when you combine that with a PS4, PS5 version and shovelware, you can look at a, a lot of the, you know, top people on the leaderboards and look at their profiles and you see like eight stacks of the same 30 second platinum. And so that feels pretty bad. And you look at a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, like I said, the top players on the leaderboards and most of them are doing this because that's simply the most efficient way to get platinum trophies and drive up your, your count because you just get a flat number of points per trophy. Um, and that, that is not the way that I like to hunt trophies and it's not the way that other people like to hunt trophies. The difference is for, between me and a lot of other folks who feel like this is I don't think it's a less valid way. It's just not the way I want to do it. And I think a, a lot of the issue is that the leaderboard, like I said, is only geared, uh, geared towards bulk collecting. So what's the solution? How do you fix this, right? Like how do you get the community together and fix this? So my general rule of thumb for this stuff and solving problems in communities is first try and add options for people that are that are viable as well. And then if that doesn't work, and it, or if you can't do that, because you can't always do that, but if you can't do that, then you try and compromise. So how would we add options here? Well, you could you could ask a question of the day in the Discord, put it in general chat and say like, what do you like about trophy hunting and get people to answer? And then try and narrow it down to a handful of the most common answers um, and make certain leaderboards that cater towards those style. Maybe if you make a filter on the existing leaderboard or you make a, a new leaderboard that you can access from a different page, you know, like instead of just clicking leaderboard and it shows up there, you you have like a drop down menu that says like, do you want to do by bulk collection or any of these other things? So what would these other things be? Uh, for me, I would say one of the cooler ones that you could do and one that I've been sort of theory crafting for a while is one based on rarity. It seems like a very obvious next step because, or an obvious step because a lot of people do hunt based on rarity. And for me personally, at least uh, in my own subjective opinion, um, 
those are the ones that feel really good for me. Like, I like getting God of War. I liked getting Elden Ring. I liked playing through Horizon Forbidden West as much as I dog in the game sometimes. But they're, they're not very difficult. So getting something like Spelunky or Steep or Zestiria that I just got, you know, where it's you have something that, that very few other people have, it feels good to me. And I, I like that feeling a lot. And I like seeing my, my hard work and hours of playtime and having to really immerse myself in the game. I did this with Zestiria and, uh, and Spelunky where... I would end the stream and if I wasn't grinding the game to try and get better at it, I was watching videos of other people so that I could like learn about interactions or, you know, just pick up tips, anything like that. And that's super fun for me. That's where I really get like my psychotic fixation on a game. And that for me is is where the, the most reward comes in when you finally ding that, that platinum and it feels really nice. So it would be really cool for me to see a, a leaderboard based on... I don't think I'd be anywhere near the top, you know, like I'm... If we look at me on the bulk leaderboards, I'm like 46,000th in the world or something like it's not, it's not like crazy. I'm not crazy up there. Um, but I can't compete with those guys who are banging out a trophy, a platinum trophy every minute. You know, if just to do some quick math, we did this on stream, like you'd obviously run out of, of trophies before this, but if you wanted to get, uh, if, if I wanted to spend 90 hours on Zestiria, which is what the guide says you're likely to spend on it. And I agree with that. I think I was probably around there. Um, in that time, if somebody's getting one platinum per minute, like they could be with some of these shovelware games, they could be getting 5,400 plats by the time I get one. And obviously, I can't come anywhere close to competing with that. So it feels kind of bad for, for me to be buried under all this basically like useless hardware um, when I feel like I'm doing stuff that's more unique and fun. Um, or at least for me, like that's what I don't want to play shovelware all day. I don't want to sit there holding X and watching food bounce on the screen. That's not why I got into trophy hunting. Um, so I think the problem is, is that the only form of prestige somebody has in the community right now is their place on this one leaderboard that has one identity to it, that being bulk collection. So I, you know, obviously this is a very oversimplified example, but just as a proof of concept, you know, how would you weight rarity? You know, how would you score? What kind of point system would you use? For me, like the very first thing that came off the top of my head was like, well, you start with 100, like 100 points, and then your trophies unlock rate in percentage, which goes up to 100, you can subtract that from the from that original 100, and what you are left with is your points. So that that way, if you have something that's a 1% unlock rate, you subtract one from 100, you get 99. That's worth 99 points. Whereas a game with a 100% unlock rate, like a lot of these shovelware games, is worth zero points. You'd need to do more than that because there's so many more shovelware titles than there are difficult titles. Um, so you need to do like probably something exponential or logarithmic if you're an actual mathematician. I am not. Um, so that's an idea. You could also, one thing that I like the idea of, I've been toying around with is experimenting with factoring in how many people own the game because something like Chariot, which is my, like I said, my favorite, uh, my, my, one of my favorite platinums and my rarest platinum, um, that game has 2000 people that on record that have it bought. That is not as impressive, even though i I'm still very proud of it. I don't think that's as impressive as something like Grand Theft Auto. Or Crypt of the Necrodancer, you know, where it's like five people have that platinum, but tens of thousands of people have bought that game. I think that is a lot more impressive because it's more rare. Um, not by percentage of unlock rate necessarily. Well, it is, but not super, not a bunch by unlock rate necessarily. Like it's only like 0.5% more rare, but it's much more impre It's a much more impressive accomplishment, I think. And, uh, and so that's, you know, you could factor in things like that and sort of generate a formula if you're actually good. If I had the know-how for this stuff, I would absolutely volunteer my services. Uh, as it stands, I'm just the ideas guy, which as we all know, without an action person is also fundamentally useless. But um, another thing you could do, make unique titles only. 
every title gets one you get credit for one platinum so no more eight stacking the same shovelware game that shit still only counts as one gimli style um i think this is like this is a cool one because it, again it incentivizes people playing different games and playing more games and that's i think i think that's closest to the original spirit of trophy hunting uh, and achievement hunting it's like trying to get people to play different games and the more games you play the more platinums you can get whereas if you get stuck on the same three games for five hours or for five months or something like that depending on how long the game is that you know you could do that and i think if you were gonna now say like okay well these options aren't realistic so we need to compromise like i said add options first then compromise if you can't I think the unique titles list would probably be the best compromise because there's still a lot of room for the shovelware gamers to get their stuff in. But the, the gulf between somebody who mains shovelware and somebody who doesn't play it at all is much narrower. I think that's generally what you want to want to aim for. Like I back to the whole like, oh, we should ban certain types of games from having platinums or appearing on the leaderboard. That kind of stuff you want to stay away from, I think, because it's based in subjectivity. And like I said, the gradient's very colored in. You don't have a spot where a lot of, you know, there's there's a wide gulf between like a five minute platinum and then there's no other platinums below like a two hour platinum, you know, there's like a there's there's ones that go five minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, all the way up to two hours. And even the two hour ones themselves are like, it's just hold forward and push X, man. Like it's not. It's not rocket science. It doesn't take a it doesn't take a rocket scientologist to figure that one out. It kind of reminds me of like what happens in what happened in the speedrun community. There was a I might be misquoting this, so feel free to fact check me and correct me on this. Twitch.tv slash Spark City or at the Spark City on Twitter. Um, but there was a um, a website called Speed Demos Archive, and this was back in like the late two thousands, where you actually had to like send in a videotape of your recorded run back before you know uh, capture software and stuff was really a thing. And emulators were very, very frowned upon. Um, and they tried to implement like a global rule for when speedruns started. You know, it was kind of like the the classic, like, when does life begin? Does it begin at conception? Does it begin in, you know, in, at birth? And they were like, okay. And they just made a decision. And it was fairly arbitrary. That was, And it made sense to a point. Like, the rule was a speedrun starts when you gain control of your character for the first time. And on paper, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like at, at some point, you're going to gain control of your character in every game. That's in every game. But it's like, then there are some games where you have a 23 minute cutscene at the beginning, you know, or, or Ocarina of Time's a good example of that, where there's a two and a half minute cutscene every time you want to restart your seven minute run. Um, and it feels terrible. So that was sort of implemented as a global standard. And eventually in sometime in the 2010s, that started to crack. And now you have stuff like, I think it was somewhat recently, actually, um, a year or two ago where the Ocarina of Time community, which is one of the bigger speedrunning communities out there, was like, that intro cutscene sucks. So let's start all of our runs from a save file that is saved right after that cutscene. And w so that way you don't have to watch two and a half minutes and mash through some stupid text boxes every time you want to try a run. And I think that's really smart. And what we realized was speedrunning was too big of a community to have any kind of one consensus for every game it wasn't a one one size fits all solution that wasn't really possible or i say we what speedrunning sort of organically realized as a whole was this um and there's still like really arbitrary relics of the past today you know you have like super mario 64 probably the most popular speed game of all time um if you don't run on n64 your run is considered like inferior, even though the Wii Virtual Console version of the game is faster by about three minutes because of, I think it's like, it saves a lot of lag time. It doesn't have as much lag. So you save three minutes over the course of, of, a very, of an hour and a half long run. And you would think 
you, as a speedrunner, you'd want to play that version. But for some reason, the community is just like, no, not allowed. It's the same reason emulators were frowned upon. Emulators made a little bit more sense because before they got decent, they were inconsistent with timing. Some would run faster than the console. Some would run slower than the console. And so it made timing things out a nightmare. In the community that I was in, the Donkey Kong 94 community, um, there was an issue with uh, if you ran on Super Game Boy because Super Game Boy ran slightly faster than most other versions. And so there was like a really time big timing issue and nobody could really nail down exactly what the timing difference was. So eventually it got scrapped. Um, and you had to run the game on either Game Boy or approved emulators like Gambat or BizHawk. And, uh, and I think the same thing goes for trophy hunting. Um, the community at this point is just too large to come to a consensus on like what makes t a platinum too easy. Like what is too easy about this platinum? Um, because like I said, there's always going to be arguable, arg arguable cases like this game. If you arbitrarily set it as five minutes, there are going to be games that can I just sit in the menu and make the game take 10 minutes to platinum. And then that way it counts. Like, yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I think the problem is, and the reason you get so much uh, bitterness and resentment towards shovelware is because people who don't want to engage in that type of trophy hunting don't have a way of attaining any kind of prestige or notability in their community. And I think that's important. You know, not everybody wants to compete on the leaderboards and that's totally fine. But when you sort of only have this one method of prestige, which was fully acceptable um, at the time when it was created, this leaderboard, because there weren't as many shovelware games, when you only have this one level of prestige and this, you're forcing everybody to uh, if they want to participate in the hobby at a high level to walk this path, then I think that's when you run into an issue, especially as your community becomes bigger and there become offshoots and stuff. I think as a leader and a builder of that community, you need to change with the times and sort of realize that like trophy hunting has evolved in a way that is not consistent with the vision you had for it in 2013, let's say, as an arbitrary day. When the leaderboard for this website was implemented, it made a lot of sense because there weren't a lot of games that were giving you free Platinums. Most of the smaller games took either longer times or they didn't have Platinums at all, uh, which is a trend I think should come back because I think that's that's pretty fun. But I don't blame developers for wanting to sell a few hundred more copies of their game simply by slapping a Platinum on it. I totally understand that. And that's not going anywhere, so we need to deal with that. And I think that that's your best method as a builder of the community. You have to sort of understand that, like, you need to keep moving with the times. And trophy hunting has changed, and the landscape of trophy hunting has changed. And so if you just stay complacent and you're like, yeah, it's fine, like, bulk collections, like, you know, that's the way we've always done it, you know, so it's fine. We're just going to leave it like that. You risk alienating a, a portion of your community, and you, maybe you don't care. That's, again, at the end of the day, I'm asking somebody else to do something about this, so I really can't throw stones about, like, they should be working harder and... This is just my idealized version of, of how to build a community. So, you know, by all means, take this with a mountain of salt. Because again, like I said, I don't have the know-how to do this. I'm just the ideas guy. And we've got a billion of those on social media. We don't need any more. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my shtick about the whole thing is that when you when the community gets big enough, people are going to start enjoying the hobby in different ways. And if you want to nurture the community, I think it's in your best interest as a builder and a leader to cater to that at least to a point you don't have to go crazy and start to create a like a leaderboard for every person you know but like i said maybe get five methods of trophy hunting you got bulk collection rarity unique trophies there's probably a billion more out there that i haven't thought of um you could give bonuses for for having a whole franchise done you could do this that and the other thing like you could get so creative with it and have so much fun and uh and i think over time sort of organically the the community will attach prestige more organically like if you had all these options 
I don't think bulk collecting would be seen as like, oh, these are the titans of trophy hunting. You know what I mean? I think that over time you'd get this gradual shift of like, well, yeah, you know, because generally when people look at competitive stuff, in my experience anyway, they enjoy watching something done at an elite level, competitively speaking, or in a challenging and or unique and novel way. And shovelware, I don't think scratches that itch. So if you're going to have a leaderboard, which is by nature competitive, I think you, you te- you're already tending towards like a sort of competitive atmosphere. And nobody has to compete on this. I'm not saying like if you're on the leaderboard, you better be grinding. That's not what I'm saying. The point is, if you have a leaderboard, the idea is that you're incentivizing competition there, right? Because people want to be at the top of it. It's a, it's a human thing, um, at least for some of us. And so... I think you could lean into that a little bit more, you know, like give people different ways to compete. There have been a couple of things, you know, there's a, there was a community event that went on in late September that was like, hey, you know, let's let's try and register for this thing. And we have the, the tech behind us to say, like, we'll track all these people, everybody who registers, we'll put them on in a database and we'll track their trophies for the day. And we'll try as a community to earn the most trophies possible. That's a cool idea. And there's a lot of really fun, you know, ideas that come out of things like that. And I think we should do more of that as trophy hunters, because the community is is there. It's very there. It's big and it's thriving. And yes, it's still kind of a niche thing, but it's it's definitely more appealing. And I think one of the benefits of this is, and especially of these like easy platinum games, is that like most people will start somewhere. I think a lot of what turned people off of trophy hunting at the beginning when they first heard about it was because you have all these games like Killzone 2, which are just almost impossible to get the platinum for. And they all feel very difficult, but there's such a good gradient. And I think that provides an opportunity for people to be able to really like get into it at their own pace and like enjoy it and then meet the community. And I think that's super fun. Um, and I think that would be another downside of banning these easy platinums. Like you can see everybody's platinum collection. So again, if people get very big for their britches and they're flexing about their 4,000 platinums and all of them are shovelware, you can be like, yeah, cool. I mean, you're a bulk collector. That's, that's fine. I, I can respect the amount of money and money you spent on this, but that's just not the way I want to do it. Um, and And I think that's important. Like being able to do that is so fun and giving people more options to enjoy their hobby allows them to feel more represented in it, which is is integral to people staying in a community, I think, you know, like how long have you stuck around in a community where you don't feel like the interests of the community at large align with yours? I imagine it's pretty hard to to stay motivated to be there or, you know, to spend your valuable free time there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my shtick. I'm going to stop before I start repeating myself. I did this episode with no notes. I'm pretty proud of that. I, this is a topic I've been thinking of for a long time. We did brush over a lot of this in uh, on stream on Saturday. I talked about this as I was trying to find a, in vain, trying to find a one out of 10 game that didn't make me want to punch myself in the eyes. Um, and I think what I'm going to do, like I said, is I have my spinny wheel where it's a one to 10 and I spin it and whatever I land on, that's the difficulty of, tro- of platinum I try and attempt. Uh, and then I remove that. So eventually I go through the whole set of numbers one to 10. I think I'm going to remove one. And I think as a result of counterbalance, I'm going to remove 10 because there's a lot of tens, you know, Crypto the Necrodancer. If I land on that, I'm doing that for the rest of my natural born life because it takes a long ass time and it's super hard. And I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to spend 900 hours on playing Fortnite, Save the World or, you know, anything like that either. So uh, I want to be playing different games and getting different platinum. So I think I'm going to remove one and 10 after this one. So I still have to do one more 10 10 out of 10 difficulty and that'll probably be jump king um but yeah those are those are those are the changes i'm going to make because i just don't want shovelware too much shovelware in my collection i already have like a handful of of really really easy games you know i couldn't find anything that was that was the thing that made me think about this is like i couldn't find anything that was one out of ten that wasn't either a 60 dollar peppa pig game that's over in two hours 
you know, a $30 Telltale series game about some shit that I don't care about that just makes you hold forward and press X. It's a, it's a visual novel movie style. Or, uh, or just these shovelware games, you know? And that's kind of... I didn't want to get too into that. I already have enough of that on my channel, you know? I, or on my, on my thing. I have Christmas Break 2, and I have now this game. It's called Ultra Mission. And the controls suck. It's basically made in Flash. The game's not fun. It basically beats itself at times. And it's just... Ugh, I don't want to spend money or time on that. It's gross. It's not fun. And when I look at my trophy collection, I can't. I don't feel proud of those, so I don't want to keep adding them to my collection. So we'll stick from two to nine. I've in, I enjoyed Spelunky too. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like eights and nines that I want to, again, punch myself in the eyes. But Trials Rising was an eight. I really enjoyed that. That was one of the more fun journeys on stream that I've had with the platinum. And I swear to God, I'm going to make trophy hunting cool and fun on stream. I'm going to make it engaging and fun. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. Um, of course, that might require me to get a personality. Um, which might be hard, but uh, I'm going to sign off for the day. I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast again. If you agree, disagree, like, let me know what you think. Let me know how you would fix, fix. Let me know how you would change trophy hunting to sort of help it adapt to its new landscape. Uh, find me at twitch.tv slash spark city. You can talk to me if I'm not live, go ahead into my chat anyways, and put exclamation mark discord. You can join my discord and chat with all of us uh, at the spark city on Twitter. If you want to just DM me or tweet at me or whatever. Um, let me know. I, I always love feedback. And again, I, like I always say, I'm, I'm sitting in a closet talking to myself. So I tend to, um, I, it, I tend to not always have the best perspective because I don't have any perspective. You know, I'm sitting here in the dark, maybe looking at a laptop with my notes on it. And I've been talking to myself about it the whole week. Um, I don't really have time to discuss this with other people. I don't have the means to do so. So I'd love, I'd love to be able to, and I stream every day. So except for Sundays. But anyway, hope everybody has a great week ahead of them. Uh, Thank you all for listening as per usual, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.